0: Let's let's sing this next song together. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. You are speaking truth to power. You are laying down our swords, replanting every vineyard till a brand new wine is poured your peace will make us one i've seen you in our home fires burning with the quiet light you are mothering and feeding in the wee hours of Your gentle love is patient, you will never fade or tire, your peace will make us one. In the beauty of the lilies, you were born across the sea. the glory in your bosom that is still transfiguring dismantling our empires till each one of us is free your peace will make us one glory glory hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah. Your peace will make us one. Amen. You may have a seat.
1: So, that song obviously is a song that's sung around this time of year, Battle Hymn of the Republic, but a few years ago, um, Audrey Assad, who's a singer that we use pretty often here at First on Chatham, uh, rewrote the lyrics of that um, to, to kind of take away the, the angle of anger and the angle of war and po- focus a little bit more on peace. Uh, that's what we're going to be doing over the course of these next few weeks is Songs of Freedom. That's our sermon series, and we're going to look at a couple of different songs, um, and we're going to look at the story of the exodus, Uh, you know, that book in the Bible um, that tells that story of God's liberating power, we're going to look at that through the lens of some of the songs I have written, songs that aren't necessarily Christian songs, songs that aren't necessarily songs that we would sing together as a group, um, but we're going to look at them through that angle. So uh, before we get into that, will you join me in prayer? Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So Ella Baker was born in 1903 in Norfolk, Virginia, but she grew up in a little town just north of here called Littleton. North Carolina. If those of you who have been to Lake Gaston before, you know where Littleton is. It's Eaton's Ferry Bridge. There she listened uh, when she was growing up, you know, in the early part of the last uh, century. She listened to the stories of her grandmother who had grown up as a slave working on that same farm. Uh, and she listened to the stories of her grandmother who had been beaten and whipped and refused to marry um, another slave who the slave master wanted her to marry. And it was that type of story that inspired Ella Baker to devote her life to a full career um, in a full-time profession of ensuring that other people were set free, advocating for the rights of black and brown people across the country, those particularly in low-income communities. Now, Ella Baker doesn't have uh, the same name recognition as a Frederick Douglass or a Martin Luther King or a... Uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, but her persistent and relentless pursuit of justice and equity um, moved us forward as a country in a way that um, few others had that same type of influence. In fact, probably no one has inspired the next generation of young leaders as Ella Baker did. She inspired people that you know, like Rosa Parks. She was a mentor to her. She was a mentor to Marion Wright Edelman and John Lewis and Julian Bond and countless of other people's. Ella Baker organized behind the scenes. That was her thing. She didn't want to be in the spotlight. She preferred to stay behind in the background, teaching the masses how to build relationships on the ground, how to mobilize people, how to get people to just make the daily decision to stand for peace and to stand for freedom. And she invested in young people. Ella Baker was as much of a fighter as her mama and as gentle as her daddy. And when it came to dealing with all the powerful men of the civil rights movement, the the egos, the people of the SCLC and the SNCC, or SNCC as we call it, she didn't flinch. She was a strong and determined woman who was a trusted advisor to Martin Luther King. She was a friend to him as well. And when other people tried to silence her in those meetings, she kept giving it to him. She didn't stop just because she was a woman and her opinion was frowned upon. She didn't want the spotlight for herself, but she just wanted to make sure that there was freedom for all people. Ella Baker left a lasting legacy on all those people she inspired, and shortly after her death in the 1980s, a composer and an activist named Dr. Bernice Johnson Reagan wrote a song that tells the story of Ella Baker's life and her mission in the world. It was one to continue to work till all people were free. It's a song that Reagan's singing group, you may have heard it before, called Sweet Honey in the Rock, uh, recorded um, and made it popular. And it's a song that's been embraced by black and brown communities as a song of modern day protest and persistence for many years now. And the chorus goes like this.
0: We who believe in freedom cannot rest. We who believe in freedom cannot rest until it
1: comes. Now, it's important before we go much further just to acknowledge that Ella's song is not our song. It's not my song. This is a beloved song in the black and the African-American communities. And to think that this song speaks to me in the same way that it would somebody from those communities uh, is nonsense. Its words and its melodies are like a balm that calm the African-American communities in times of despair, but at the same time, it doesn't allow people to just wallow in self-pity. Ella's song resonates in the black community in a way that I'll never understand, and it most likely resonates among women in a way that I'll never understand, as it's a song that's about women's liberation as well. But it's important for us and for me and for all of us here to to recognize that no matter what our identity is, no matter where we come from, it's important to hear these words and to hear the voice of God in them, to use it to better understand God and perhaps to inspire us to love our neighbors and better live our own faith.
0: We who believe in freedom cannot rest. We who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes.
1: The cool thing that Reagan did when she wrote this song was that she actually used the lines from some of Ella Baker's speeches um, that, to, to write the choruses and to write the melodies and the verses. This first verse that you're going to hear was written in 1964. It was written after um, one of Ella Baker's speeches in which she was standing up in the civil rights movement for three men who had been murdered. Three guys, James Cheney, a black man, and Andrew Goodman and Michael Schwerner, two white men. They had been murdered, and they had gone missing. Search crews were called out, and they were called to go look through the swamps and look through the rivers to find the bodies. And when the search crews went out, what they found was that there was a lot of other black bodies that were there as well. Black bodies that had been overlooked, the search crews just refused to go out and look for them. And it bothered her. So Ella, in prophetic fashion, called attention to the fact that certain populations were treated differently and their lives just weren't as valued as others. So she cried out for people to stand beside her, standing up against the system that was treating people differently and not giving young men the God-given dignity they were born with.
0: Until the killing of black men, black mother's son, is as important as the killing of white men, white mother's sons We who believe in freedom cannot rest We who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes
1: this is a line from an Ella Baker speech, but quite frankly, it could just as easily be a line from this morning's passage of Scripture. Because see, long before there was Ella Baker, there was these two women found in the book of Exodus, two women who were also bold and strong and courageous leaders, and two women like Ella Baker, who we don't necessarily know and don't remember, but who refu- these two women refused to be complicit in the killing of boys who weren't part of the upper class. And their names were Shifra and Puah. The passage of scripture comes from Exodus 1, verses 8 through 16. Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. So come, let us deal shrewdly with them or they will increase. And in the event of war, they'll join our enemies and they'll fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labor, and they built supply cities, Pithom and Ramses, for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more these people multiplied and they spread, so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. The Egyptians became ruthless in imposing tasks on the Israelites, and they made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in every kind of field labor, They were ruthless in all the tasks that they imposed on them. So the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of them whose name was Shiphrah and one whose name was Puah, when you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a boy, kill them. If it is a girl, she shall live.
0: We who believe in freedom cannot rest. We who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes.
1: Ella Baker and Shifra and Pua, they share a lot in common. Ella Baker, poor black woman. Shifra and Pua, Hebrew. See, the scripture doesn't describe these two women as Israelites. Instead, they're described as Hebrew. And the definition of Hebrew is different than Israelites. Hebrew defines anyone who is marginalized and with no standing, with no property, who's considered a burden to society. They're the lower class. They're the people who get tossed around and left behind when it comes to decisions. And oftentimes, the policies of the government are shaped around fear of them, so that they're excluded and despised. Shifra and Puah were not only Hebrew, but they're also Hebrew women, a double whammy, because they're marginalized for their gender, even within their own class. And probably most of all, these two women were midwives. Midwives were people who were or jobs that were reserved for people who were barren and childless. Yeah, Ella Baker and Shifra and Pua were marginalized, but these women also shared more in common. Most importantly, they shared to give new life, to birth new life of people. Ella Baker poured her time and energy into young people. She's considered the godmother of the Civil Rights Movement, of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. She was also a mother to all of those students who did the sit-ins in Greensboro that we read about, and she was a mentor to the people who did the Freedom Rides throughout Alabama during the Civil Rights Movement. Later in life, someone gave her the nickname Fundy, which is a Swahili word that means a person who passes down a craft to the next generation.
0: The older I get, the better I know that the secret of my going on is when the rains are in the hand of the young who dare to run against the stone.
1: Ella Baker uh, more metaphorically gave birth to new things, but Shifra and Pua very literally helped to give birth. They gave birth to the Hebrew population. They literally helped bring life into this world, bearing witness to the mothering tendencies of God. And they were nurturers and caregivers and protectors for children and mothers as they enter this world. They cared for the lives of these babies far more than their own.
0: To me, young people come first. They have the courage where we fail. If I can shed some light as the carry, carry us, through the gate.
1: Probably most importantly, Ella Baker and Shifra and Pua were women of perspective of wisdom. They knew that their story was not their own. They knew that they played a very small part in a larger narrative, in a grand story of freedom and liberation. And what that kept them going was just to make sure that they each took that next faithful step.
0: Struggling myself don't mean a whole lot. I've come to realize the teaching others to stand up and fight is the only way my struggles survive.
1: Getting back to that passage of scripture, Pharaoh had asked Shifra and Puah to kill the Hebrew boys, all of them, while their mothers were still on the birth stools. In other words, genocide. A state-sponsored execution of all boys born to a certain population. The passage picks up in verse 17 through 19. But the midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, "'Why have you done this and allowed the boys to live?' The midwife said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous, and they give birth before the midwife even comes to them. Those are some sharp and fearless women right there, Shifra and Pua. <laughs> they aren't afraid of nobody, not even Pharaoh. The only fear in their lives was the fear of God. In this difficult moment, they were quick on their feet, and they risked their own lives to stand up to Pharaoh in order to be obedient to God.
0: I'm a woman who speaks in a voice, and I must be heard. At a time I can be quite difficult, i bow to no man's word. We who believe in freedom cannot rest. We who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes.
1: The story continues. So God dealt with the midwives well, and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Shifra, Pua, and Ella Baker are unsung heroes, heroes who are often overlooked in the history books and in scripture. But who God used to transform the world. There's a couple things we can learn from these three women. First, maybe these women teach us that the greatest thing that we can do to usher in the kingdom of God is not going to be the thing that makes the headlines. It's not going to be the story that's in the news or the self giving and sacrifice that merits praise, but instead, it's the little things. It's remembering to be faithful, it's doing the small steps. Ella Baker never wanted to be famous. She stayed in the background, and she left no notes or diaries. There's not really a biography of Ella Baker from her own perspective. She just organized, and she taught the younger generation for many years. And Shifra and Pua, well, we never hear from them again in Scripture. They're only mentioned this one time. Maybe the most important thing is that it's the persistent and faithful daily yeses we say to God. We may not make the news, but we'll be a transformative witness in the world and move just one step closer to knowing the love of God and sharing that love of God with all people around us.
0: Not needing to clutch for power. Not needing the light just to shine on me. I need to be just one in the number as we stand against tyranny.
1: And the second lesson is maybe this. It's maybe that the work of bringing about freedom for others, serving as midwives to God's work in this world, it's long and continuous work. Baker knew that. That's why she poured so much energy into the next generation so that they can continue it. And Shifra and Puah, well, they saw a pharaoh that didn't cease to terrorize the Hebrew and the Israelites. The story continues. Then Pharaoh commanded all of his people, every boy that is born to the Hebrews, you shall throw into the Nile, but you shall let every girl live. You know, an interesting thing about this story is that we never know what Pharaoh's name is. Pharaoh is a title. It's not a name. We know Shifra and Pua's names, but we never know Pharaoh's. And maybe that's intentional. Maybe it's intentional as to hint that Pharaoh's come and go. If you see one Pharaoh, you've seen them all. But the faithful people, the people who are everyday people, those are the people that will be remembered. They're the ones that make the greatest impact, the consistent daily faithful yeses to God. So perhaps the most important takeaway of the story of Ella Baker or Shifra and Pua is that when the liberating work of God is overwhelming and we feel like our roles are just so small, such a small role to play, our daily yeses matter. Our small acts of faithfulness and justice matter. And we can't stop and we can't rest.
0: We who believe in freedom cannot rest. Yeah, why don't you sing that with me? We who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes. We who believe in freedom cannot rest. you stand with us and we'll sing this last song together. Spreading like a virus, hate is cheap. From afar, it costs you nothing, sister. Take my hand, hand. brother. We will stand, stand. open up your your heart and find love is turning over tables, breaking off chains. When I see you and the stranger, no longer a slave. Turning over tables, tearing down walls Building up the bridges between us all Let courage be my willingness to listen Inside my heart, let seeds of peace grow in hearts around us, That trees of hope in shades to all mankind. You can take my hand, together we will stand, open up your heart and find. He's turning over tables, breaking off chains. See you in the stranger No longer a slave Turning over tables Tearing down walls Building up the bridges Between us all Sing none can separate with us None can separate All that love has made We are everyone the same We refuse to be A brother's enemy We will stand for all mankind Sister, take my hand Brother, we will stand Open up your heart and find it's turning over tables, breaking off chains When I see you in the stranger, no longer a slave Turning over tables, tearing down walls Building up the bridges between us all Turning over tables, breaking off chains I see you in the stranger, no longer a slave, turning over tables, tearing down walls, building up the bridges
1: between us all. Before you go, just a couple of quick announcements. A reminder, next week, you don't want to miss next week, Uh, we've got the special guest coming in. It's going to be an awesome time of worship. And then remember that uh, Monday, August 12th, that's how we're wrapping up this whole series, Summer on Chatham, about the arts. We hope that you'll be there. Receive now this benediction. When you go from this place, as we continue to be midwives in the, the work of God in this world, you may feel sometimes that your part is very small, that you're not making a big enough splash, that you're not doing grand things the reality of this work. It's long, continuous work, but it just requires that we take the next faithful step, that we continue to be persistent and say yes to God. So go forth from this place doing that, taking the next faithful step that God's calling you to take. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a great week.